verse 11 through 16. Acts 5, 11 through 16. Everybody have it? Okay, I'm going to read from 11 through 16. You can join in with me if you desire. It says, so great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard these things. And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Yet none of the rest dared join them, but the people esteemed them highly. And believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on the beds and couches, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. Also, multitude gathered from their surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. They were all healed. Father, tonight, thank you for the word that we're about to receive. I thank you, Father, that you will confirm this word with signs following. We receive it. We expect it now. In Jesus' mighty name, have your way. Amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. We're talking about continuing power in the church. Continuing power in the church. Oh, I'm so glad that we're in a church where the, the power of God can continue to flow. But we've not shut off the power of God. We've not shut off the spirit of God. But we welcome the things of God to move in our midst. Amen? I've been telling you that how power commands the respect and attention of the outside world. How many of y'all understand that? Jesus, uh, Elder Baker's favorite scripture, one of his favorite scriptures, Acts 10.38, says that how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed of the devil. Why? For God was with him. So Jesus Christ himself, the Son of God, was anointed. Everybody say anointed. anointed. Hallelujah. He went and fasted 40 days, came back in the power of the Spirit. He came back in the anointing. So he was anointed with the Holy Ghost. He wasn't born like that. He, wasn't, he didn't function this way until he was anointed. He didn't do one miracle, didn't demonstrate one bit of power until he was anointed with the Holy Ghost and power. Thereby he went forth doing good and healing all those who were oppressed of the devil. I'm so glad that he does that. He's still doing that to this day. He's able to heal anybody who's oppressed of the devil. So many people in this world don't even realize that they are oppressed of the devil. The devil has them bound, has them depressed, has them sick, has them troubled, has them tormented, and the only thing that can really give them deliverance is the power of the Holy Ghost. No drug can deliver them. No alcohol can deliver them. No, no sexual encounter can deliver them. No therapy can deliver them. Only the power of the Holy Ghost can deliver them. That's why we're so essential. Because we are the carriers of that power today. Glory to God. Now that word power, I've been giving that to you. It's, it's the, the Greek word uh, dunamis or dynamis, which means strength, power, Ability, it means power for performing miracles. That's the part I want to focus on. Power for performing miracles. It also includes the power uh, and influence which belongs to riches and wealth. So he was anointed with this power. The power to, to do miracles and the power which belongs to riches and wealth. That's why he was able to go about doing good. Doing good. That doing good was, was, is, is the Greek uh, uh, philanthropy. And so he was able to do good. He did a lot of good works. 
because he was rich and wealthy, right? And then he was able to heal people because he had the anointing, the power of God to do miraculous works operating in his life, okay? Now, I want you to look at something, and I reference this on Sunday, Matthew 13, 54, because he walked in this power. He walked in this power every day of his life when he began to minister, I should say it that way. And in Matthew 13, 54, the Bible says, when he had come to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue so that they were astonished and said, where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? They were so baffled by his teaching, Brother Thomas, that they want to know where did he get this from? Where did he get this kind of wisdom, this kind of revelation, these mighty works? In fact, give me that same verse, please, be in the, the Passion. I probably didn't ask you for that, but let's do it now. In the Passion Translation, because I want you to see this phrase, mighty works. It's actually, again, the Greek word uh, dunamis. Dunamis. So it's actually, they want to know where to get this power from. So it says here, when Jesus arrived in his hometown of Nazareth, he began teaching the people in the synagogue. Everyone was dazed, overwhelmed with astonishment over the depth of revelation they were hearing. They'd never heard any revelation like this. They said to one another, where did this man get such great wisdom and miraculous powers? That's what they want to know. Because power gets attention. Now, let's do a favor, media. Stay here. Can we finish the rest of this chapter? Look at verse 55. Verse 55. Now, this is, this is what they said when they saw this power. And you got to be ready for this in your family. Isn't he just the woodworker's son? Isn't his mother named Mary? Yeah. And his four brothers, Jacob, Joseph, Simon, and Judah? Like, we know his family. We, we grew up with him. And don't his sisters all live here in Nazareth? How did he get all this revelation and power? I mean, we know him. But they didn't know him. See, when you start operating in power, there are going to be people who think that they know you, but they really don't know you. They knew you, but they don't know you. They don't know the new you. Walking in boldness, walking in power, walking in dominion, walking in authority. Now watch, keep going please, verse 57. And the people became, watch this, offended. And began to turn against him. And Jesus said, there's only one place a prophet isn't honored, his own hometown. King James and New King James says his own country, among his own people, his own family, his own household doesn't honor him. So watch. Now, they had asked about these miraculous powers. Where did he get them from? They were dazed by it. But look at this last verse, verse 58. And their great unbelief kept him from doing any mighty miracles in Nazareth. Now, the passion kind of messes this up because they say any, but the King James, New King James says many. Many. That's actually right. Many. If you look at the Greek word, it's many, not any. So they, they missed that. So in other words, he could do a little, but not much. Why? Because of their unbelief. He had the power, but he couldn't operate in it to the maximum because they didn't believe in him. No, no demand placed on it. Are you hearing this? 
So what's happened in the church is that when people have walked in, operated in power, the church has in many ways become offended by people's operation of the spirit. And which means what's happened in the church, there's not been much demand in the church on the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. So then in the world, the world has responded the same way the church has now. And the world has turned a deaf ear to the revelation and to the power. And so the world now, they trust in science. They trust in the facts. Trust in grouchy Fauci. What all the science tells them. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But God's trying to bring this power back into the church. I told your son about a power surge that's coming. I'm telling you, it's coming. It's coming. Now, it says they were remarking about his revelation and his power. Now, wisdom and power were hallmarks of Jesus' ministry. In, in Acts 2, in verse 22, I want you to see what it says here. In Acts 2, verse 22, it talks about Jesus Christ, how God approved him. It says, men of Israel, this is Peter preaching, he said, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man, look at this, attested by God to you, by miracles Wonders and signs which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know. So notice it says Jesus Christ was attested. That word attested means approved or confirmed. He was validated by miracles. Come on, y'all. Wonders and signs. Now you need to see this because I'm talking about us here. Why the, why the world doesn't really pay attention to the church, and if they do, it's to bash the church, it's because the church has not operated in the fullness of these miracles, wonders, and signs, so we don't have any validation in the world's eyes. So when they want to deem what's essential or non-essential, <laughs> you look in Nevada, in Nevada, they opened up casinos back 50%. But churches couldn't have more than 50 people in them. They, they valued gambling, a destructive behavior, more than the church being open to build people up. Why? Was they hadn't seen it. So the church needs some validation. Y'all got to hear what I'm saying to you tonight. Now, let me show you something here. Go to Hebrews 2, verse 4. They can put it on the screen for us. Hebrews 2, verse 4, because, see, we're the body of Christ. We're talking about what Christ did, but we're the body of Christ. We're the body of the anointed one and his anointing. So the same, remember Jesus Christ said this before he left. He said, the works that I do, come on now, shall you do, and greater works than these shall you do, because I go to my Father. So when he left, and sent the Holy Ghost, it, it now empowered the church to do the same works he did and greater works than these. Yes, this is important because, see, much of the church, if not most of the church, believes somehow these things have passed away. And that the church doesn't have that kind of power or authority anymore. 
We just come to church, sing a few songs, have a good time. The preacher tell a few jokes and we, we might cry maybe once every couple weeks and we go home, go back to our regular lives, go back to our same mess. We live our lives the same way everybody else does. We got to go to the hospital the same way everybody else does. We got to be in trouble the same way everybody else does. We got to die like everybody else died. No! We are the body of Christ. Say it, we're the body of Christ. That means we're the body of his anointing and his, his anointed one and his anointing. So the same anointing that was on Jesus Christ, Acts 10, 38, that same anointing is on me, that same anointing is on you. To do the same works and greater. Glory to God. Now look at this in Hebrews 2 verse 4. Now we just read about how Jesus Christ was attested by miracle signs and wonders, right? Now look at this, Hebrews 2 verse 4. It says, God also bearing witness both with signs and wonders with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his will. Okay? Now if you were to look at this, you start at verse, at verse 1 of that, it'll talk about the disciples, the apostles. It's not talking about Jesus here. It's talking about his followers. And it says, God also bearing witness, talking about with the apostles, with the disciples, with the believers. Y'all are not catching it. How did God validate Jesus? With signs, wonders, and miracles. So how did he validate Jesus' followers? With signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost. So the same way he validated Christ, he validates the church. So that the world knows that there's no difference between Christ and his church. No difference between the head and the body. So the same power and anointing that was on the head, glory to God, is the same power and anointing that's on the body. So we're supposed to walk in the same way, in the same power, in the same uh, uh, mode that Jesus Christ walked in. Oh, y'all hear me tonight. Now, in the book of Acts, they saw power. And that's why the church had a voice in the book of Acts. Y'all remember that? Now, I want to read something. I wrote this down. When I, uh, it, let's, let's, let's look at Hebrews 2.4 in the Passion, please, real quick. Give me that in the Passion. And then I'm going to read something to you. Hebrews 2, 4 in the Passion. Hallelujah. It says, then God added his witness to theirs. He validated. Y'all see it now? He validated their ministry with signs, astonishing wonders, all kinds, all kinds of powerful miracles and by the gifts of the Holy Spirit which he distributed as he desired. So God validated their ministry. Because if not, he's just a jack-leg preacher. <laughs> this lady called me that years ago. <laughs> jack-leg preacher. She didn't know me. <laughs> See, but what makes us valid is when the power of God is demonstrated. Now, I want, I want to read something, because if you read the Passion Translation, I, I, I enjoy reading that Bible. Uh, and there's commentary in that. And so I, I copied what 
was written a commentary off this scripture right here. It says this. It says, signs, wonders, and miracles were all components of the ministries of the New Testament believer. Did y'all see that? Signs, wonders, and miracles were all components of the ministries of the New Testament believer. Now, that's us. Now, he's referencing what, what's happening in the book of Acts and, and forward. Now, we're New Testament believers, aren't we? We're not Old Testament. And there's not a Third Testament. We are the New Testament believers. So, signs, wonders, and miracles were all components of the ministries of the New Testament apostles. Oh, what? You call that believers. So, any who believe these signs, come on, will follow those who. So, if you're a believer, then signs, wonders, and miracles are components of your ministry, of your ministry, of your ministry. Everybody say, I have a ministry. So if you're a New Testament believer, you have a ministry. One, primarily, you have something called the ministry of reconciliation. 2 Corinthians 5. Right? You have a ministry of reconciliation. So in your ministry of reconciliation, you helping reconcile people to God, you, you can be validated by signs, wonders, and miracles. Then notice what it says. This, 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 this is good for all my, my uh, Baptist people and Methodist people and Episcopalian and all the people who... There is no place in scripture to indicate that any of the works of Jesus or his apostles should not be seen today. Oh, that's good. See, because you talk to folk, folk in different denominations and they'll tell you what well, tongues is not for today. Tongues have passed away. What do you mean tongues passed away? Well, the Bible said in 1 Corinthians 13, tongues, they shall cease. So tongues ceased. No, Smarty Pants said they shall. It didn't say they did, though they have. Prophecy. There's people that say there's no more prophecy for today. Everything God had to say is all written in the word of God. There's no more prophecy today. Well, why would Paul then keep saying stuff like don't despise prophecy? Why would he say desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy if it's passed away? But somehow in their little loony minds, because of teaching that's been passed on from generation to generation to generation, tongues have passed away, and prophecy have passed away, and healing has passed away, and signs and wonders and miracles have passed away. But there's nothing in Scripture anywhere to indicate that these things have passed away. That means if they were for Jesus, and they were for Peter, and they were for Paul, and Stephen, and Philip, then they're for Annie. Insert your name here. Therefore, whoever you are, if you are a New Testament believer, these same signs, wonders, and miracles are for you and me today. Y'all got this. Now, look at Acts chapter 4. Acts 4. See what it says here. Acts 4.33. Because this is why the miracles are so important. The power is so important. It says, and with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. So how do they give witness to the resurrection? 
with great power. That's these signs, these wonders, and these miracles. That's how it was proven that he was alive. Are you hearing this? All right. So I told you this on Sunday. If we're going to keep preaching Jesus and that he's alive today, then we need something to validate that message. Can y'all hear me tonight? Because if not, we're just shooting off at the mouth. (laughs) Oh, man. I want to make sure I don't get on a soapbox tonight. I don't have time for it. But I'm just wondering when churches finally do open up. What you going to tell the people? He's a healer. No, he can't be a healer. He can't be a healer. No, not if you shut down. He can't be no healer. He got all power in his hand. He can't have all power in his hand. Not if, not if you still shut down. I'm talking about you shut down and you don't have to be shut down. You shut down because you're scared. If you're scared, say you're scared. You see, it, it, it invalidates our message. But what will validate our message continuously is when we see the power. You got it? Everybody all right tonight? Now I'm going to tell you again, power commands the attention and respect of the outside world. Now look at Acts 5. We've been trying to get here for two weeks. Look at Acts 5. We made it. Acts 5. I'm going to begin reading at verse 1. Because I want you to see power. And how power can work against you, boy. (laughs) And it's important that we read this because I said there's a power surge coming. Remember when David was bringing the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem? And Uzzah, one of those guys, reached out and touched that Ark of the Covenant to his own demise. And he was one of those angels that chopped his head off or something. I don't know what he did. Cut an artery or something. He dropped dead. And all of a sudden, people are like, whoa, that's power. See, but when people don't see power, they lose respect. They lose a a reverence for the house of God and the things of God. And people now, I mean, it's it's, it's just, oh, Jesus, just sad when you see the church with all things just going in the church now. Because people have lost that reverential awe and respect for the things of God. Because we've kind of let power kind of go out the window and we've, we're more into performance and presentation and protocol and form of godliness, denying. Oh, y'all know that scripture, don't you? They have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. So in godliness, there's supposed to be a power demonstrated. And much of the church has mastered the form and deny the power. So I want you to see what it looks like when power is in the church. Chapter 5, verse 1 of Acts. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession. 
Now, if you go back in verse chapter 4, they were helping each other out, sharing their goods and so forth. So everybody's now having these things in common. They're going to help each other, okay? Verse 2, and he kept back part of the proceeds, his wife also being aware of it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. I'm laughing already. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? He said, while it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? In other words, Ananias, you didn't have to even sell it. You could have kept the whole thing. Why'd you write in your envelope? <laughs> Why'd you lie on the envelope? He said, and after it was sold, was it not in your own control? When you sold it, you could have kept all the money. You didn't have to give any of it. But you came here and lied talking about this is all the proceeds. He says, why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men. Now, he thinks he's standing talking to a man. He's looking at a man, but he doesn't realize it's a man of God, full of the spirit of God. And he's standing as God's representative. So when you said this thing to men, you're saying it actually to God. That's, oh my God, that, that, that's why we got to go in church having more men of God, more women of God in the church. Y'all better hear what I'm saying to you. See, we've gotten used to having reverence. That's my preacher. No, that's, you need a man of God. Hello, I'm looking at you eyeball, eyeball. You need a man and woman of God. A lot of preachers aren't men of God. A lot of prophetesses are not women of God. You go on YouTube, you'll see another man. You know that, that ain't no man of God right there. That's not a man of God. <laughs> Come on now. But a man of God, you don't mess with. Remember, I think it was um, Elijah or Elijah, one of those prophets. They were sitting up there on top of that hill that day. And, 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 the, and, the, and the man, uh, the king, gonna call and send his men to go get him. So he sent 50, 50 soldiers, a captain of 50 soldiers hey go, go tell uh, the man of God I told him come on down. He went, they, all the men marching Elijah said who are you talking to? Boom! Fire up, burnt, burnt them all up. The king said did you burn up? So he sent 50 more. Sent a guy hey take 50 more. Go, go get that man of God off that mountain and tell him I said, I, tell him I said the king said come down here. Got it? And I said what? Boom! Burnt them all up. He said, what the, I'm going to send one more. I'm going to send another man. So this last captain came with me. He said, hey, um, man of God, man of God, man of God, man of God, man of God. Oh, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord. See, God's bringing that level of respect back to the church when real men and women of God will stand and declare, for God I live, for God I die, I'm not going to be messy. I'm going to walk in integrity. I'm going to live right. I'm going to live holy. I'm going to walk with God. I'm not going to be a man pleaser. I'm going to be a God pleaser. 
and I'm not going to be afraid, afraid to use the power God gave me. <laughs> so Ananias sitting there thinking, he's he lying to uh, Peter. Oh, Peter ain't never know this. Man, a word of knowledge came to Peter so quick. He, he lying. Man, why are you lying to the Holy Ghost? Verse 5, then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. Y'all know what that means, right? What does that mean? He died, didn't he die? He died graveyard dead right there on the spot. Now watch what happened because of this power. So great fear came upon all those who heard these things. And the young man arose and wrapped him up and took him out and buried him. They ain't planning no funeral. They ain't planning no memorial service. They ain't planning to call us. They, they didn't go get the next of kin. How we know? Well, because about three hours later, when she finished doing all her makeup and doing all her hair, I'm messing with all the wives in here. When she finished doing her makeup, finally finished doing all her hair, three hours later, now, this is a long church service, too, I imagine, boy, whatever going on down there. She was making it. She was going to get there. She figured she'd get there just in time for the preacher. Praise team, get a little carried away, so I'm going to wait three hours and show. I'll be on time. <laughs> so about three hours later, when his wife came in, not knowing what had happened, because there was no Facebook, no social media, there was no news, there was no cell phone. Hey, Safar, girl, your husband, nobody, there was nothing like that. <laughs> Verse 8, and Peter answered her, tell me whether you sold the land for so much, because he know what Ananias told, wrote on his envelope. She said, yeah, he wrote the right amount. That's for so much. <laughs> then Peter said, how is it that you have agreed together, now watch this, to test the spirit of the Lord? In other words, how have y'all both agreed to lie? The same lie. Tell your neighbor, say neighbor. White lies matter. See, they, they just fudge the numbers just a little, just kind of just, the numbers just, it wasn't a big lie. The white lies matter. You can't, you can't, you can't tell no little, little white lie. It's just a little white lie. It's just, just, you know they call it the white lies, just little, the little, little lies. It's, this ain't a serious one. This is just. problem was they lied to the Holy Ghost. God hates lying. God hates lying. Six things does the Lord hate. Seven are an abomination to the Lord. One of them, the second and third one on the list is a lying tongue. The Bible says all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire which burns with, lake which burns with fire. Liars won't tarry. That's what David said. A liar won't tarry in my sight. <laughs> so watch this 
Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. And they will carry you out. She didn't even know at this time what happened to her husband. Then had, still had no clue. Then immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. Now, I mean, normally we think about power raising people up. But you come at power the wrong way. That's what Uzzah did. And the young man came in and found her dead. And there's a pick her up. Carrying her out, buried her right next to her husband. Like they might have already known. Hey, get a double spot right here. This is why you why you're digging. I mean, I'm figuring if these guys are smart, they went in and dug a They lived together, they lied together, they died together. <laughs> That's a tombstone. They lived together, they lied together, they died together. <laughs> but watch this, verse 11, here it is. Verse 11, this is what we've been picking up every week, every, every service. So great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard these things. So great fear. This word fear is not reverence. It's not that reverential. All you're talking about, you're supposed to fear God. This is fear, 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 fear. Like some of y'all fear spiders and lizards. Fear, fear. It's the, the Greek word phobos. It's fear. Came upon, notice, notice two groups of people it came upon. The church and all who heard. That would imply outside of the church. Y'all got to catch it. Because power commands the attention and respect of the outside world. All of a sudden, they're like, oh, man, people ain't nothing to play with. See, that's why you and I, those of you who grew up in church like I did, you'd always hear people say, hang on, I ain't play with God. Y'all ever heard anybody say that? I ain't going to play with God. Come to church with me on Sunday. Oh, no, oh, no, I ain't playing with God. I'm going to wait till I'm serious. Right, I'm going to wait, wait till I'm good and serious because I'm not going to play with God because God don't play the radio. I ain't playing with God. Like the rest of us, we were playing with God. No, I, don't, I ain't playing with God. Now, where did that come from? It's understanding, man, when you, when you meet power, real power, you better respect power. Anybody ever work with electricity? Anybody ever work with electricity before? Nobody, just a few, just a few of y'all, boy, y'all, y'all will be in trouble if y'all ever had something go wrong. Who changes y'all light bulbs for you? You, oh, you've done, okay, I've done, okay, I've changed light bulbs. There go Deacon Gerson, Deacon Gerson, oh yeah, I've changed light bulb. I've changed light bulb. <laughs> if you've changed a light bulb, you, you've worked with electricity. Now, people... A lot of people say, oh, I don't fear electricity, but I respect it. Now, people who fear it they don't, and they don't understand it, they, they'll turn the whole breaker off for the whole house. There goes the breaker box and turn the whole, the whole house off to change one light bulb.
Am I right about it? Turn off that switch. Turn that switch off. Turn that switch off. What you doing, change your life? Don't, don't touch that switch. Go and put duct tape on everything. Don't touch this switch. I'm changing this light bulb. That person's afraid of it. They don't understand how the power works. Then you got people who, if they're not, if they do understand how it works, who they won't even turn the power or switch or anything off, and they'll change a whole, a whole switch, change a whole outlet without, without turning anything off. Because they understand that unless those, those two wires connect, they touch something, nothing, there's nothing going to happen. You can, you can t- change one at, it, at each one at a time and never, never get a spark or anything. See, if you know that, then you don't fear it, but you still respect it. So you don't go sticking a screwdriver in there to my... Because you respect that power. Am I right about this here? And there are things that I mess with. I mean, I'll I can, I mess with 110s, but you can give me a, put a 220 in front of me. No, I'm not, because that's a little too much power. I mean, that, that'll knock you on your back. Your, your socks will be down the street somewhere. Straighten your hair right out. What we used to have, Thomas. We, we used to have hair, Thomas, was back in the day. Glory to God. So what, what they encountered here was power. And because of this power, it says, so great fear came upon all the church. The church folks straightened up. They stopped being late to church and they stopped, you know, uh, cussing outside. The, they stopped smoking outside the church. So I grew up, not, not in my church, but we used to visit some churches and them. Be outside the deacons outside smoking right outside the church. Now I'm not picking on smoking. I'm not picking. Just church I was raised in, you didn't smoke. Baptist people could smoke and still go to heaven. My church, you couldn't smoke and go to heaven. I'm not picking. I'm just saying that's is this different. I'm not saying anything is a sin or not. I'm not saying anything is a sin. You understand? I'm just telling you there's a difference in how we were taught. That's all I'm saying. You, I mean, I was taught you couldn't cuss. But Baptist people weren't taught that. Oh, you were taught it, you just didn't do it. Okay. <laughs> the ones I knew, they knew how to swear. Like they went through classes in BTU and how to swear. I was like, whoa. So... But I can guarantee you, it didn't matter if anybody was swearing, or cussing, or drinking, or smoking, or tipping around, or doing anything. When they saw that, oh, they start speaking with new tongues then, boy. I'm telling you, some of the things that go on in the church today, you're like, this is church? These, these, are, these are pastors and bishops and apostles? Y'all, what y'all, y'all, y'all doing? Christians? <laughs> All right. Now, this news spread very quickly. Again, in verse 5, verse 5 says, 
So great fear came upon all those who heard those things, heard these things. I don't know if they, you know, social media, how they got it out, satellite, or they just went from, town, from house to house. Hey, you heard? That's what it says. Great fear came upon all who heard these things. People heard. I mean, nobody, I don't know if anybody even talked about what Peter preached that day. <laughs> nobody discussed the Sunday school lesson. How many of y'all used to go to Sunday school growing up? Nobody discussed the Sunday school lesson at all. You heard about Ananias and Sapphira? They were standing right there in front of Peter, the man of God. All of them looked down, bam, they on the crowd. Hey, God ain't nothing to play with, bro. God ain't nothing to be played with. And then in verse 11, it says the same thing. Great figure upon all the church. And upon all who heard these things, that means people outside the church start talking about, you heard about what's going on down there? First church of the living God purchased with his blood, you heard what's going on down there on Sunday? Five baptized holding his church? Pentecostal walk by faith, not by sight, church of the living God? Hey, there ain't nothing to play with, man. I ain't going that, I'm going to go to that other church over there. Where every once in a while you might just catch the Holy Ghost over there. They actually got the Holy Ghost. Some of y'all, you grew up in a church where people used to just catch the Holy Ghost. I grew up in a church where we actually had the Holy Ghost. Y'all had to chase him, catch him. Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. Gotcha. And I'm going to let you go. So I'm ready to go smoke. I got to let you go because I got to cuss out so-and-so. I got to cuss out sisters. Yes. Y'all know I'm right about it. Y'all know I'm right about it. I used to be in school and everybody in school knew I was, I was a pastor's son. They knew I went to the Holy Ghost, the, the Holy Roller Church. Y'all know the Holy Roller. I went to the Holy Roller Church. The sanctified church. I grew up, I was a dad, my dad was a pastor and everything. They knew. So in church, boy, they're talking about, I mean, get to school, they're cracking me all week. Oh, yeah, I saw them. I was over there at church. I saw them people, they caught the Holy Ghost. All right, so you don't catch the Holy Ghost. You're so dumb. You don't catch the Holy Ghost. That's how he's, you know. But see, when real power is manifest when real power is there, 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 there becomes this reverential respect and awe and downright don't mess with them. Don't mess with them. Now, people they want to mess with the church all day long. Now you look at in, in, in arts entertainment in Hollywood and they'll, they'll mock Jesus, they'll mock the church. I mean, just paint the church in such a bad light and all the movies and everything. But I guarantee they wasn't walking the church back then. They weren't. <laughs> scared to come up in there, scared to say anything. Don't say nothing about them. Don't you say nothing about that bald head preacher. Remember Elisha? Little kids came out, saw Elisha walking down. Elisha happened to be bald head, you know, losing his hair like me. 
and, and, and the Bible said the little kids come out, hey, go up, you bald head preacher. Go up, you bald head. This man of God. The Bible says a hungry she-bear came out the woods. Two of them, I think, two hungry she-bears came out the woods and devoured them. Little kids, yes. They disrespected the power. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to announce to you that that kind of power is coming back into the church of the living God. And you're going to walk in it. I said, you're going to walk in it. Now, now look at this here. In verse 12, verse 12, this is what we've been getting to. And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. This is what God's trying to bring back. Now, when I say bring back, I'm talking about in a wholesale way because this, this, it's happening. It's happening throughout the world. God is using people. There's just a few, but he's, he's about to increase. He's, he's, on, he's, he's uh, enlisting more people in that army. God's recruiting more people for this army of miracle workers. People are not just, not just going to attend church. But those who are going to walk in the same authority and anointing and power that Jesus walked in and these apostles walked in. We, uh, Brother Chris ministered on this uh, two, uh, Wednesday last week about us being willing in the day, I think in Psalm 110, that we will be willing in the day of his power. We are volunteers in the day of his power. So God's looking for people who are going to be volunteers, willing to work for God in the day of his power. So there's a day when God is going to maximize, and I believe we're about to hit it. I've been praying about next year, Lord, what's, what we're about to hit next year. Regardless of elections, regardless of anything else. None of, none of that, regardless of, any, regardless of anything. What about the church? The church is about to step into its most glorious hour that we've ever seen. And so through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Now watch. This is what I was sharing with you Sunday. It says, yet none of the rest dared join them. In other words, there are, one, there are ones who did not uh, align themselves with them. In spite of all that they saw. But the people esteemed them highly. They did what? They esteemed them highly. These are church folk that they esteemed highly. They didn't talk down about church folk. They didn't make a mockery about church folk. (laughs) They didn't look down on church folk. They didn't ridicule church folk. They didn't didn't make fun of church folk on, on Twitter. And in the movies. And in the music. No, they esteemed them highly. Why? Because they saw something. Now what's interesting, and I, 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 think, I think the passion gets it wrong. But on this verse, when it says, yet none of the rest dare join them, instead of the word join, they use the word harm. 
Because in what they talked about was from the, from the Septuagint, that that word join actually can be translated as harm. Now, that could be true, that nobody harmed them. <laughs> right? No one dared harm them. For everyone held them in high regard. See, when people hold you in high regard, they ain't going to fool with you. Because they are too afraid of what you might do. I have been, uh, I almost use the word fantasizing, but it's not fantasizing. I've been imagining in my mind. What if, deep, this for all of people, what if Antifa people just bust up in our church? Black Lives Matter movement, people just bust up in the church. What are we going to do? What you going to do? Because, see, we, we know protocol says you can't touch them. I said, no, I can't touch them, but I can show strike them with blindness. See, y'all hear what I'm saying? See, because what, what these people... They hate the church. They hate God. They hate, they hate the things of Christ. They hate the Bible. They hate you. And they want to stir up commotion and trouble. I, I mean, I thought about it. What if I was sitting down having dinner with my wife and they came and messed with my table or something? I'm sitting outside. That's what they're doing all across the country. What you going to do? Well, they're well, they telling you you can't shoot them because they didn't do anything like that. You, can, you can't do that, but I can show striking with blindness. Well, no, you can just be loving. Hey, them people, they're not, they're not, they're not going to respond to love. They're going to they chant and yell right over your love. But I can strike them with blindness and tell them that, hey, until you repent. That's, that's how Elisha spared a whole army. You read 2 Kings 6, the Syrian army came against Elisha and Gehazi. Right? Down in the city of Dothan, the Bible says. And when they came against uh, Elijah Gehazi, Gehazi freaked out. Alas, my master, what shall we do? And, Gehazi, and Elijah said, Lord, open this young man's eyes that he may see. When the Lord opened his eyes, he looked around and saw this whole army of chariots and of fire, horses of, and chariots of fire, surrounding that other army. Well, what did he do? The Bible says that Elisha, to spare them, he struck them with blindness. Because people say, well, let's just kill them. No, 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 I'm not going to kill them. That's not. But see, we can't do that. Because we're not trying to harm them. But, I, but I, have to, I have to immobilize you. So you can't harm anybody else. So I said, Lord, I have the authority. You've given me the authority, right? Yes. I can strike them with blindness. Oh, y'all talking about... Uh, Come on now, come on now. Do I have any, any saints of God here know the authority you have? I can strike them with mute tongues. Every tongue rise against you in judgment, you shall condemn. I can stop their tongues. You can be in here, and you, but you can't, you can't say nothing. <laughs> See? You can't say nothing, but all you're going to do is have to sit down and listen to me preach now. Now I'm going to preach an extra hour because y'all are here. Come on. 
preach Christ and him crucified, and you're going to know that he's the one that died for you. The one you hate died for you. See? So none of the rest, uh, they, they, nobody harmed them because they, had, they were highly esteemed. But again, New King James says, none of the rest dared join them. This is Acts 5.13. But the people esteemed them highly. Now watch what happened. Watch what happened. This is what we're believing for in these last days before Jesus Christ comes. And believers were increasingly added to the Lord. Multitudes of both men and women. Multitudes? Why? Yeah, there's an army being brought in. This is the harvest coming in. Why? They've seen power and they all have this fear like, ooh, don't mess with the church. If you can't beat them, join them. Right? This is what they're doing here. They were added to the Lord. Added to the Lord. Multitudes of both men and women. Now watch this. Watch this. It doesn't stop. Because this is continuing power in the church. What does, what does it say? So that they, they, all those outsiders began, they brought the sick out into the streets. Couldn't get them all in the church house. They brought them out into the streets. Are y'all believing God to see this? See, I said, Lord, this is going to have to happen because they, the media got people so scared to come into church. Hey, go to church, you're going to get COVID. What kind of foolishness is that? So, but they'll come in the streets. He said, brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. They were trying to just get in his shadow. Now that's power. This power emanating from him. Now, it says the shadow Peter might passing by might fall on some of them. I think, does the King James use the word overshadow them? Yeah, so King James says, a little, get, put the King James on the screen for us, please, please, so you can see that. Insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow. So you read that and, and, and you study it out, what he's talking about is not that they necessarily had to get in Peter's shadow, like, you know, I'm standing here in light in a certain way you can see my shadow. It's that the anointing off his body would overshadow. How did Mary get pregnant? The Holy Ghost overshadowed. That's what he said. The Holy Ghost is going to come on you and overshadow you. I mean, that doesn't mean the Holy Ghost got in a certain position and the light shine. He's talking about the Holy Ghost just hovered. His presence, that anointing. It, 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 he was, the Holy Ghost just uh, rested there. So when we see Peter, his, that his shadow might overshadow them, it's talking about so that anointing off of his body, that anointing that's coming from him because he's a man of God, it was so strong that if you just got within two feet of this guy, anybody want to walk in that kind of power? Well, people can just get close to you. That's what it says. Might overshadow some of them. And watch what happens. Verse 16. Watch this. Also, a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities. That means word got past Jerusalem. 
Word got past St. Petersburg. This whole region heard. And they, it says bringing sick people. This is revival here. They're being added. Then they're bringing sick people. They're not taking them to the, to the, uh, to the infirmary anymore. They're not taking them to Bayfront anymore. <laughs> they're, not, they're not running down to St. Anthony's anymore. They're bringing sick people and those who are tormented by unclean spirits. That means all those who are dealing with demons, they out there looking crazy and looking like they're insane, but they're bringing them to them and they were all healed. They were all healed. And people are being tormented. People are being tormented by unclean spirits. Look at people in there. there I mean, you, you can see sometimes torment on people's faces. They can't hardly just stand. They just can't hardly move. They're being tormented by unclean spirits. And yet, they were all healed because they were brought to the right place. Because the word got out, there's power there. Are you hearing this tonight? So I'm declaring that there's something going to happen in the church. And in this church. And in your life. So that you're not going to be one of those ones bringing people to Peter. You're going to be Peter. Oh, come on now. I mean, we got a lot of territory to cover. So don't be surprised if people start bringing people to you on the job. And want you to pray for them. People start calling you. Your family start calling you. Will you pray for me? Because they recognize where power is. <laughs> I remember I had a lady who couldn't stand my guts. A lady just, just, I mean, just couldn't stand my guts. I mean, my gut guts. She hated my guts. I mean, she made herself my enemy. One day found herself in the hospital. And somehow, hated my guts and everything. Hey, call, um, call John. <laughs> Ask him to come out here and pray for me. <laughs> I'm just telling you. Because no matter how much anybody may hate you, may hate the church, may hate anything, they know where power is. And I had, to, I had to just walk in love. Baby, I'm going down to this hospital. So-and-so, so-and-so call you? Is it call for you? Yes, I'm going down here. I'm going to pray for her, and God's going to raise her up. And what happened? Went down there and prayed for her, and God raised her up. <laughs> you're going to have to walk in love. I said you're going to have to walk in love. With Antifa, you have to walk in love. With Black Lives Matter, you have to walk in love. With people who don't look like you and don't like you, you have to walk in love. Because they got to see the power. When they see, see, we, we can go through. I don't have time to go through it, but all, all see the places where the Bible says that notable miracles were done. And with these notable miracles, the people couldn't argue. They couldn't. They couldn't say anything because of no, they they couldn't deny the miracle that had happened. See, when real miracles happen, people can't deny it. 
People can argue all about, you know, was Jesus black or white? Neither. <laughs> they can argue about which denomination is right. Should you be Protestant? Should you be Catholic? People can argue about all kind of stuff. But when you see a miracle, <laughs> who would I have in here with me tonight? Let's read one more place here. One more place. Isaiah verse, uh, chapter 8 and verse 18. Isaiah chapter 8 and verse 18. I heard Brother uh, Bill Winston say this, and then I just found out recently he got it from Brother Kenneth Hagin. It said, signs and wonders, or we could say miracles, are God's dinner bell. It's God, y'all know what dinner bell is. Come and get it. When people see miracles, this is what happened. That's what we saw in Acts 5. These miracles happen, and everybody began to flock from everywhere. Now look at Isaiah chapter 8, verse 18. This is what I pray all the time for our partners. I said, This Lord, him I and the children whom the Lord has given me, we are for signs and wonders in St. Petersburg. <laughs> from the Lord of hosts who dwells in Mount Zion. Do you see that? Yes, we are for signs and wonders. We are for signs and wonders. We're not here to put on a show. We are here for signs and wonders. Glory to God. Glory to God. So we just got to walk in it. We got to walk in it. Miracles have not passed away. Signs and wonders have not passed away. The power of God is still here. And when you and I yield to it, when you and I yield to it and walk in it and, and invite God's power to, walk, to operate in us, when we release our faith to walk in that, we'll see miracles happen, popping off all the time. All the time. Not just here, but wherever you go. How many of y'all want that to happen in your life? How many of y'all, when you see something wrong with somebody, you want to do something about it? All you need to know was, this power is available to you. And what happens, like we went through a week of fasting and prayer, you need to make that something regular in your life. Stay in a constant mode of consecration. Doesn't mean you got to fast every day, obviously. But it means from time to time you got to fast, or all the time you got to consecrate yourself. Always stand in a position, God, I want to hear you. I want to hear, I want to walk with you. I want to walk in this power and this authority. I want to always be on demand. Power on demand. Power on demand. Power on demand. That anytime you want to use me, Lord, I'm ready for you to use me and have your way in my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody get on your feet. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just lift your hands to the Lord tonight. Lord, we walk in this power. We receive this power. This power is available to us. We'll walk in it. Miracle power. This is your time. We are willing in the day of your power. And God, we avail ourselves to be used by you in this earth. 
that men, women, boys and girls everywhere might know that Jesus is alive. Hallelujah. That we're not just talking about a, a savior, but we serve a living savior, a risen savior, whom, whom the Lord, the people killed, but you raised them again. And Lord, we will give witness to his resurrection by signs and wonders and miracles that you perform through us. God, we ask you, Lord, to give us boldness to preach your word and stretch forth your hands so that mighty signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Lord, use us, use these hands. Use these hands, oh God, to move in this earth. Use these hands, oh God, to touch and to heal and to deliver, oh Lord. Hallelujah, use these hands, God, to raise up those who are afflicted, to raise up those who are bound, to raise the dead, hallelujah. To open blind eyes, to unstop deaf ears, oh God. Use these hands, oh God, to cause the lame to walk and the dumb to talk. Use these hands, God, to make the maimed whole. Use these hands, oh God. Let your power be so evident in the church that the world will know for sure that Jesus is not only alive, but that Jesus is Lord. He's Lord. He is Lord. Your word declare, God, that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. So, Lord, we want that. Lord, we don't want people have to have to, Lord, do that after it's too late, but to do it now, to do it now, to declare even now that Jesus Christ is Lord, that they bow down even now and admit he is Lord in the name of Jesus. Jesus is Lord. We cry out that powerful name of Jesus. That name that's above every name. That demons tremble. That demons' powers are broken because of the name of Jesus. That when we plead the blood, demons flee. People are delivered instantly. That God, we walk in power and we cast out devils. We cast out devils. We cast out devils. We destroy yokes. We remove burdens by that anointing. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for your mighty power tonight. For your mighty power tonight to set every captive free. We declare right now that anybody bound in this room, anybody bound watching online, God, that tonight they are delivered and they are set free by the power of the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Be delivered now. Satan's power be broken now in the name of Jesus. We command those who are sick be healed in the name of Jesus. Those who are bound be delivered now. Those who are strung out be set free now in the name of Jesus. Those who are lame walk in the name of Jesus. Oh God. God, we decree it, it is so now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Satan has no power against the name of Jesus. Satan has no power against the blood of Jesus. Satan has no power against the word of the living God. Satan has no power against the people of the living God. Satan has no power. For God, you delivered us from the power of Satan. 
over to the power of God. So God, we decree tonight that we'll walk in that power. And God, we will not fear. We will not fear. We have boldness. 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 We won't back down from anything. We'll run to a problem and never run away. We'll run to it and destroy the works of the devil. Destroy the works of the devil. We'll destroy the works of the devil. Oh, all those who are tormented by evil spirits, we declare free now in the name of Jesus. Tormented by day, tormented by night. Those in their homes that are tormented by fear, be free now in the name of Jesus. God, manifest your power in this church and in our lives wherever we go that the sick will be brought to us and not to the hospitals to die. Whew, thank you, Lord. They'll be brought to us to live and not die. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. God, by vision, show us what to do. By word of wisdom, tell us what to do, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for power. Thank you for special faith. Thank you for the gifts of healings. Thank you for the working of miracles in our lives. We'll walk in it. We'll walk in it. Place a demand on your awesome power. We thank you that it's so in our lives. We give you the praise. We give you the glory. And we give you the honor. We give you the honor. Everybody just lift your voice right now to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we declare an atmosphere in this house that no demon can stand, that no demon can stay, that no demon can operate in the name of Jesus because of the power of your spirit, the power of your presence, because of your great anointing, no demon can operate. We cast every demon out. In the name of Jesus, Out! Out! 
Lord Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. 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 Set every captive free. In the name of Jesus. Jesus. You defeated the biggest devil of them all. Jesus. No little demon gun. Stand up to the name of Jesus. Oh, Jesus, 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 <laughs> glory, 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 Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus, 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 Oh, oh, Baba Kasa Taralabashika, Sokarabasha Tatarabashata, Shota Parasta Taramaki Tatarabasata. Rosto toko de madi karamashata. Roto kobreste terere meke daramashata. Hallelujah. Shorambarabara kisha. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, tonight, work a work in this place, in our midst. Work with us. Confirm your word with signs following. Everywhere we go and everything we do, work with us. Confirm your word with signs following. Thank you. For great deliverance. In the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. We speak your peace. In the name of Jesus. God, tonight we glorify you. We magnify you. We thank you for all things. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And you're going to walk in this power. Everywhere you go, no fear. No fear. No fear. No fear. No fear. No fear. Okay? We're going to make the devil fear. 
Hallelujah. Fear has torment. We'll make him fear. Hallelujah. What's going on, Jaquetta? From? Lift your hands. Lift your hands. Lift your hands. Satan, go now in the name of Jesus, you foul demon. Leave this woman in the name of Jesus. No more torture and no more torment in the name of Jesus. Never again will you torment her. Never again will you torment her. Now, Father, wrap her in your love. Wrap in your love, Father. Holy Spirit, overshadow her now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And every tormenting devil, go now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. She's had enough. She's had enough. Woman, you are loosed. You are loosed. From every tormenting spirit. And I command him to go now. In the name of Jesus. 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 What's her name? Your neighbor. Come on. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for this house, Father. The devil wants to torment people their whole lives. Well, they lose all control. They don't have any control over anything. They can't be free, no matter how many times they try. Can't be free. The only thing powerful enough to deliver somebody is the name of Jesus. The Spirit of the living God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord.
down there, Jesus said, the word said, whom the son sets free is free indeed. Jesus also said, you should know the truth and the truth will make you free. So God does his work and then the work you do is you keep receiving more of Jesus. Just learn how to fellowship with him. The more and more you receive of him, the more, the more free you get. The more free you get. Because even though we cast out a devil, if you don't fill up with the spirit of God, then the devils try to come back and make it worse than it was before. That's why it's so imperative that we fill up with the things of God. Just fill up on his spirit. Hallelujah. Everybody understands that? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Um, we're going to go. Walk in it. Okay? Um, ladies, your fast starts Friday at noon. And then um, you go through Saturday at noon. Prayer for the ladies at 10 a.m. on uh, Saturday here in the